You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall show and podcast. Broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia and houses 600 classic cars for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Be sure to check out more at ClassicAutoMall.com. Now on to the show with our host, president of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. And now I have to say good afternoon because we're recording in the afternoon instead of the morning. Good afternoon, Steve. It's weird. It's weird. It's odd. I'm feeling, <laughs> I'm, I'm hungry, actually. <laughs> you, you've messed into my lunchtime. So we're recording on Friday, the 21st of April, uh, show number 85. We normally record on Saturdays, although we're going to be maybe switching to Fridays. It's our new thing. We're flexible. We're whatever, fly- whatever you want to do. <laughs> whenever you want. As long as we can get a guest or, a, you know, somebody to be on the show, then we'll do it anytime. We'll be at 2 a.m. on a, Thursday. I'm just looking for a camper or a tent or somewhere where I can hang out at night on uh, Friday night. I'm sorry. We have a 188-room hotel that's connected, <laughs> yeah. directly connected with walkthrough access nonetheless. So uh, That's right. Anyway, we uh busy couple of weeks. We've been crazy here. We 13 consignments came in yesterday. Wow. Uh, for a thur- Thursday. Yeah, just a random Thursday. The weather was nice, which always helps. Um, but 13 is uh, an unusual amount of cars to be coming in, especially this time of year, because there are other options for people. We can't hide our head in the sand and say we're the only option to sell your classic car, but but we're the best. <laughs> so, right. So we can say that. We just can't say we're the only. Uh, there, as a matter of fact, Carlisle Auctions is going on this week, and a lot of times we'll have guys who will um, – Take their car out to try it at the auction format. Sometimes they have success. Sometimes they don't. Uh, it just depends. Sometimes we, we notice this a lot when we look at the auction business in general from Mecham Auction and Barrett Jackson, all those. Some things do better there and some things do better here and mm-hmm. some things do about the same. And so there's really no rhyme or reason to it. So, you know, I don't discourage people from taking their car there, but if you take it there and it bids to half of what you wanted, and then you bring it back here, you probably ought to rethink your pricing here because mm-hmm. it looks like, you know, that's what the market is saying uh, about that particular vehicle. But, uh, again, there is no rhyme or reason to it. That's the boon and the bane of it. I guess the quickest way, because I think about uh, cars that have been here for a few months, you know, sure. and the sellers are like, hey, what's happening with my car and everything. I think if you're in a rush, I guess the quickest way is just to go to auction without reserve. Yeah, you can do that without reserve, and it's a risk. Mm-hmm. You know, for every car that you see sell at Bear Jackson, no reserve, and it's a home run, and they get $700,000 for a Resto Mod Corvette, there's also the guy who goes, man, I sure thought my car would have done better. Mm-hmm. You know, here I am at Bear Jackson, there's 5,000 registered bidders, da 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 But if, you're, if you've got the right car and you have, you know, if you have cojones, <laughs> then, then you can take it there and, you know, hopefully get the, the right price. And, and there are guys that are really good at that, but they're professionals. Mm-hmm. You know, they do it for a living. It's not, you know, some random Joe who goes there and says, I'm going to put my car in there, no reserve. And then it falls on its face. And what he realizes that the other guys did was that not only did they take the car early and consign it early to Barrett Jackson, I'm talking months and months and months mm-hmm. early. So you can, you can uh, enjoy all their advertising. But he also self-promoted the car as well too. Whereas he was, you know, ran an ad in a paper saying, "Hey, or in a magazine, this car is going to be at Barrett Jackson. It runs number this, mm-hmm. and it's going to be there." And they promote it, promote it, promote it, promote it. If you're an individual, you don't have the opportunity to do that. I mean, it's just like with what we do on consignment. Nobody could afford to do this themselves. Right? You couldn't go out if you advertised your car the way that we advertise. 
advertising and did everything that we do, which we charge you zero for, uh, you would spend three or four thousand dollars. Now, it doesn't mean that we pay three or four thousand dollars for that, mm-hmm. but, but it, it means that that's what it would cost, uh, you to do that. And with no guarantee that it will sell. Just because you put it out there doesn't mean that it's, you yeah. know, that it's going to sell. Or I was we, looking at, uh, just a local paper in Bucks County just to put an ad in and a, like a quarter page is like $500. A week. I'm yeah. like, how can anybody afford that? Well, you look at these full-page ads in mm-hmm. newspapers and you think, you know, how do they afford that? But, you know, it's it's like anything. We have the luxury of volume. You know, we we do so much volume with so many of these online sites, Hemmings and ClassicCars.com and Auto Trader Classics and all the different things. And, and we get a discounted rate because we do that kind of volume with them. I mean, if you put your car on... Hemmings, I think it's seventy nine dollars uh, to put it on there for a month, and, and then you know, again, no guarantee that it's going to sell, and and uh, so plus you got to deal with the phone calls, you got to deal with all the tire phone calls kickers. and the tire kickers, and the people that are going to tell you what's wrong with your car and what's wrong with you and what's wrong with you know life in general, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're going to interrupt your dinner, and then they're going to want to give you a cashier's check that was <laughs> freshly printed uh, <laughs> hours <Laser>. earlier. <laughs> yeah, we had a weird thing with our checking account. We had checks come in, like ten checks come into our checking account. And our bank approved them. And the irony is, is that, so we get these 10 checks that are on our, my wife looks at the, the bank every morning, or actually more than every morning. She looks at it all day long. <laughs> uh, and there's 10 checks in there that are approved. And we finally get a copy of them after, you know, three or four days and we've disputed it and blah, blah, blah. It's got our account number at the bottom, but it's got a different name of the company in the top left corner and a different bank than we bank with. Weird. But yet it was a check that they can, that our bank somehow allowed to get through. It's just one of those things. That, so there's pitfalls, people. Yeah. And if you don't know all these pitfalls or you don't have a way to circumvent them, I mean, how would you like to be an individual and lose your whole savings account mm-hmm. because you, you know, somebody got your information and right. and they wanted to wire the money and and bing bang boom, all your money's gone. We're the firewall. We are. To prevent that. <laughs> we're the firewall. We. Um, the nice thing about what we do is not only are we the firewall for that, but we are the um, oh somebody's calling me. Uh, we are the firewall for once the car is sold. By the way, you, somebody's always calling you. <laughs> no, it's you, you aren't in here. You got that phone to your ear. Yeah, it's uh, I, I, I get people are get leave these hateful messages during when we were recording the show. Like I called you an hour ago. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm a minor consigner. I get calls all the time. Yeah, it's you know I'm minor. It's unbelievable how much how many times the phone rings in yeah. a day. So, but anyway, um, Take you know tracks. Yeah, that, no, that's okay. We, uh, you know, look at what we do is not only do we take that headache out of it, but we take the headache out of once you sell the car, Classic Automall buys it from you. Mm-hmm. So we buy the car from you and then we resell it to the new buyer. So it's not two strangers trying to do a deal together, the consigner and the new buyer. And so once you sell it to us, you're done. I mean, unless you've stolen the car or it's fraud or, you know, <laughs> right. something along those we'll, lines. We'll know. Yeah. It's as is where it is. And so once you sell it to us, then we're done. And we have ways of knowing these things as well, too, because we have uh, checks and balances with regards to VIN numbers and, and state-sponsored uh, uh, programs that we can get into and look at and make sure that there's not any problems and that the person buying the car is of reputable, you know, not uh, somebody who's going to do something harmful to somebody. So Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we, we, we're very cautious and careful about how we do this process because as a, there's, like I said, there's a lot of pitfalls and, 
I'm not trying to discourage you completely, but somewhat. <laughs> Plus, you got to ship it, if, ship it up, and ship it back. You got to ship so. it up, ship it back. You know all that good stuff. So, speaking of sold cars, mm-hmm. where do we sell cars this week? This was only one week, and that was actually one day less. So, okay, you know, because you threw me off by recording on Friday. Normally, I get the whole day of Friday. Yep. So. Excuse me, I've got a little indigestion. <laughs> I'll edit that out. <laughs> no, you won't. You always say that, and you never do. Um, so where we sold cars this past week, which is a short one-day week, mm-hmm. uh, we sold 13 cars. Hamburg, Pennsylvania, Pompano, Florida, Newark, Ohio, Glenside, Pennsylvania, Cape May Courthouse, New Jersey. That's a long mouthful. Mm-hmm. Shavertown, Pennsylvania, Blackwood, New Jersey, Dubois, Pennsylvania, uh, North Branch, Michigan, Pompano, Florida, Raleigh, North Carolina, Manhasset, New York, and Tacoma, Washington. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight. What? Eight? Nine? Nine eight, different states. Eight, 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 eight out of 13. Eight states. Least expensive car, $10,000. Most expensive car, almost 70. So that was a kind of a spread that we had for the week. And we got some great stuff in. We really did. Oh, and thanks again to the Pat Travers band. We don't, can't say that enough. Little Feet is going to be in Jim Thorpe on Sunday. Don't act, look at me like I just went out of on a rant. I don't know Little Feet. Little Feet. You've never, give me uh, a song. Give me a song. Give me Dixie uh-huh. Chicken. What? Dixie Chicken? Dixie Chicken. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, never mind. Sorry. I, is that a Southern? Is it Southern? Sort of, but it should be a national <laughs> thing. Like Leonard Skinner? It's, yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, I've never heard of Leonard Skinner. <laughs> well, have you been in a cave for your entire life? I'll never forget that growing up, we were into Leonard Skinner when we were kids. And then we got into high school and we were too cool for Skinner. And I went to Los Angeles in 1981. I was at the Rainbow Bar and Grill. They're playing Skinner. And I go, hmm, if L.A. thinks it's cool, maybe I should rethink my coolness factor of Leonard Skinner. So, right. And as I've always said, in the radio business in East Tennessee, uh, every other phone call would be the guy calling up, play Skinner. And we'd hang up the phone and Sweeter. laugh at those rubes and think, you know, how stupid are they? They don't know anything and blah, blah. In the meantime... Fifty percent of our phone calls were for guys asking to play Leonard Skinner. Why didn't mm-hmm. we listen to him? Mm-hmm. We should have listened. We were not that smart for not listening to him. <laughs> so, anyway, thanks to the Pat Travers Band for allowing us to use one of my favorite songs, "Offbeat Ride." And uh, you know, it was um, it was funny trying to go through the process of getting a mm-hmm. song. That was an interesting process. He found and, his manager somewhere. Is that yeah, right? he found his manager, and he was like, "I ah, just use it, whatever," you know. And then then he actually came back, and he was really cool. And and at first, but you know, I mean, I'm sure they get requests like that all the time. And then we went to some band who was really obscure. Mm-hmm. I won't mention names. Mm-hmm. And we said, we'd like to use your song. And they're like, yeah, it's $10,000 wow. and $1,000 a month. And you got to pay us this one every time. I'm like, what? Royalties. I mean, you know, I bet you haven't made that much off of their entire catalog since day one. And now you want me to pay that much for a song to play on this little, little old podcast. Right. And, uh, anyway, we, we, we diminish what we do here, but it's only because it's true. <laughs> we don't do anything here. We don't even know how many people are listening, do we? We, me and you are, and Kurt, <laughs> Kurt's here. He's listening. listening. And, and people out there. Uh, Bree looks like she's listening. So, yeah, I think she's listening. She's like, <laughs> all oh. right, four. That's four. Yeah, we got four. So we know that we got four people listening. So anyway, uh, 923 consignments in inventory. And as I said, yesterday took in 13 consignments, which was probably close to a record in one day. I'm sure the office, I was gone all day. Oh, I was at Carlisle. So, right. you know, so Carlisle's got their auction and swap meet going on. And we have a booth set up in both places. We sponsor uh, the staging lane at Carlisle Auctions which is Thursday and Friday of this week, uh, the 20th and 21st of April. And and the staging lane is where all the cars come into that get wiped down before they go across the auction block. And uh, and that's our area. And then we also have some booth space and, and set up.
set up in, in the swap meet area of Carlisle as well, too. And we've been doing it for five years and great organization. The Miller family does a fantastic job with Carlisle and, uh, you know, they're easy to work with and, and they do a lot of events. I mean, they, you know, not only there, they've got Allentown, they do the swap meet in January and then they've got the spring and fall Carlisle and then Mopar and GM and all they this. do a thing down in Florida and yeah. they do the, uh, and, uh automobilia in Allentown. Yeah. Uh, so a lot, lots of stuff going on there. Yeah, and a great facility, and and like I said, a great family that runs it. And Tony Klein, who runs their auction, is a great guy. And and uh, I want to say thank you to Tony because he did me a solid today, and I appreciate that. So I bought a little toy for Kathy. Okay, so, you know, I, similar to the little toy. Yeah, I, yeah, I think we have later uh, model. Uh, a little toy envy. Maybe <laughs> I, I I wasn't even thinking of you having one or just recently buying one when I bought it. Yeah, it just came across the block, and it seemed like it was the right deal at the right place mm-hmm. at the right time, and had all the checked all the boxes and and uh, i thought it'd be fun to drive it around a little bit and it's an automatic so it's you know i mean listen i love a manual transmission don't get me wrong right but it, it's convertible too yeah it's a convertible so i learned something the other day about convertibles oh, after driving thank through, thanks for telling me this driving through rather wear sunscreen yeah well i'm i'm not allowed out of the house without sunscreen and, i'm literally uh, oh, at all and we'd have 30 seconds and uh <laughs> what else did i learn oh yeah wear a hat or, yeah because you know i don't have a windscreen on mine yet i don't have one on my so porsche either it blows so, back yeah, yeah. and blows it creates the whatever that's called it's not a vortex no. but it's like a <laughs> reverse <laughs> osmosis whatever it is it blows the back of your <laughs> not head. reverse osmosis but however fast you're going that's it's how a, fast the wind a, is that, isn't that funny how that works that's really anyway. interesting yeah anyway when we return we will get to some of the new inventory that we have here and some other uh, Stefan, we'll talk a little bit more about Carlisle and what's going on down there. We'll see you in a minute. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144 page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast from the Classic Auto Mall studios in beautiful, sunny downtown Morgantown, Pennsylvania. On a Friday, show number 85, uh, the same week of Carlisle. We had a great guest last week, Corky Coker. Was yeah, great. Corky, he, Corky Coker was great. And he did a spit take, too. Which, oh, the that's spit never take. happened. That's the, we'll have to get it in slow motion. I, I tried to slow it down. It is so fast. Really? Yeah, I tried to, I slowed it down to 25%, <laughs> and it's still, you still couldn't see the coffee coming oh, out. Oh, we've got to see it spurting out of his I know, nose. It's got to be like right? super slow mo. Super slow, slow mo. If we had the fancy equipment, we could do that, right? <laughs> well, we, I don't think we'll ever have that fancy of equipment. Well, yeah, right? those are, those cameras, those slow mo cameras are ridiculous, yeah. like a million dollars. Isn't it amazing, though, when you watch some of that slow mo footage? 
footage of sports stuff, especially, is just the, when they just capture wow. every set. Or watch the Formula One cars going around a corner and they slow it down to, you know, one one hundredth of whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing the flex and all the stuff that you totally. see. And, or the drag strips, you know, the, oh, the, drag, the, drag and the tires. Strips. Yep, yep. The tires. And they just stand up. That's tall really cool. And, yeah, it's pretty amazing. So, yeah, we had um, uh, a good week of, of consignments and a good week of sales last week and uh, some great new inventory we've got in. We've got a 72 Corvette Coupe, war bonnet yellow over saddle, which is an unusual color combination. I like the yellowish, goldish color with saddle. Okay. You don't. I can tell just by <laughs> NCRS top flight, 96.1 point winner out of 100. Uh, numbers matching 350 cubic inch, 200 horsepower V8. We've got the window sticker, the judging sheets, near flawless paint. Wow. Not flawless. Mm-hmm. Near flawless. You can't say flawless. You can't say flawless because you'll find a flaw. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a flaw somewhere. No car is flaw free. We got some pretty nice ones here. We got some really nice that's ones, that's and I'm not diminishing uh, a, a well done car or a great car. I'm just saying that there's always some little something, you know. There's always something you can find. Sure. So anyway, what a great car! Uh, also a 1956 Austin Healey 104 BN2 Roadster, Reno red over black, <laughs> one of 4600 built, 24 years ownership. Uh, with the current owner, uh, 2600cc four cylinder. Uh, it's got the manuals and the British Heritage Certificate, which is kind of like the Marty Report or the PHS docs for cars. Mm. I mean, for cars, for, British, um, British. British cars. Uh, there's a Heritage Certificate for Jaguars. There's, uh, the Peace Porsche. Uh, there's all kinds of these different things that will tell you how that car was born. Doesn't mean that's what it's in the car now. It means what it was born with and what color it was born as and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So you might see a car that's black and you get its heritage certificate, whether it be uh, British Heritage or Jaguar or whatever else. And you might see that it came originally in green. And sometimes a color change hurts the value of a car and sometimes it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. You know, what we see, like, it's funny, these... The high, high dollar stuff, the Duesenbergs and the 32 Packards and V12s and all this stuff, sometimes they'll have a color change and it seems to have no bearing at all on the value and what it's worth and, and change anything about it really. It's, it's funny how that is. So, um, the Austin Healey is a great car. Four speed manual with an overdrive, which is important because four Speeds with the three pedals is just not enough. <laughs> it's just five is five is just pushing it. Yeah. Not enough. Uh, I think my Mercedes has eleven speeds. It's an automatic. <laughs> I went to shift yesterday. And I was I was already in fifth. And I'm like, there's nothing else. <laughs> I got nowhere to, go. Nowhere to what, go. What do I do? So yeah, it's it's amazing how we're kind of spoiled with these uh, uh, multi. You know, going from a three speed manual to a you know four speed manual, which was kind of the the one that everybody had for many, 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 many mm-hmm. years. And then at five speed, and boy, the five speed manual was like, oh, it just let a, it was, there's so many cars that could benefit from a fifth gear, mm-hmm. especially late 60s, early 70s muscle cars. They just get into that fourth gear and they need another gear. Otherwise, they sound like they're about to explode. They're winding so heavily. And uh, so uh, then when we got five speeds and then six speeds and now seven speeds, and is there an eight speed manual now that we know? Of? No, not manual, but. Automatics. Right, sure. Plenty of automatics. Eight, eight, ten, ten. And they do that for fuel mileage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And smooth sailing. Smooth sailing. So you're not revving the engine so crazy. So Speaking of which. 
I hear something running in the background. Wow. Hark, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what it is, but it's something. Um, also, we got in a 1930 Franklin 145 series Victoria Brome sedan. What a name. <laughs> My goodness. Long it's names. like every letter of the alphabet is in that name. Um, brown and butterscotch over brown. Uh, innovative air-cooled 274 cubic inch inline six. Mm. Air-cooled in 1930 was probably an unusual uh, uh, configuration, wouldn't you think? Yeah. Couldn't have been many of them. A Lockheed hydraulic drum brakes, which I don't know what that means. A silent second three-speed manual. <laughs> I no idea. <laughs> no idea. Maybe I should have done my Podcast homework. at classicautomall.com. <laughs> if I had done my homework, I wouldn't be acting like I don't know what I'm doing here. Uh, rust-free, and it's rarely seen. Uh, duh. <laughs> of course you don't rarely, you rarely see them. When have you seen a 145 series Victoria Brome sedan Franklin? You know, mm-hmm. you just don't see it. We have a Franklin uh, in our barn find collection. Okay. It's going to leave here and go away to Barn Find Collection Heaven down in Oaks, PA. <laughs> We've already taken 52 of the Barn Finds out of here. So they're gone. They're probably never to return here. Uh, but they'll probably be offered for sale in our, so in our theoretical second showroom, if you will. Uh, so we've got another building in, in, uh, in Oaks that, uh, will hold about a hundred cars. So mm-hmm. we're going to take a hundred out of here that, uh, probably are not for sale. My partner really doesn't want to sell, um, and, and leave the ones here that we're going to thin the herd. We've sold uh, literally almost 150 of the barn finds. Wow. Yeah. So it's not like we've been doing nothing, but, uh, and they're, you know, they're more difficult to sell because they're older cars and, and, you know, you take a Model A Ford from 1930 and, you know, it's hard to restore it without spending more money than it's worth, you know. Have people come in here and said, I know that's not for sale, but would he, oh, would, would he take XYZ? Yeah. yeah. And the more of the takeaway, the more they want it. <laughs> Sorry, it's never for sale. But what if yeah, it's right. never for sale? But if I gave you, no, mm. it's never for sale. I'll tell you one that is never for sale. Uh, the airplane is for sale. The airplane is for the sale. The Wright Brothers uh, tribute. The 23 Weedman Chevrolet. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That one's never for sale. No. Well, unless, you know, <laughs> the right, you the know right price. some stupid price. So, yeah. so um, my new toy just arrived, which I'm anxious to go see. It's over, I guess, in the back of the garage area. And I see my wife looking at me. <laughs> Thinking, where's my? It's for her, by the way. I bought this car for okay. her. Okay, it's, it's, it's not a stick. It's a, it's an automatic. She knows how to drive a stick. I know. She'll, she'll tell me that uh, quite frequently and, <laughs> and emphatically, actually. Uh, but it's an automatic Z3, a 2003. It's in that dark bluish, grayish with a tan interior. Nice. And uh, it's got some miles on it, but you know, it's got plenty of life left in it. It'll be a fun one to drive. What's that, honey? No, yeah, she doesn't get any brand new cars. Well, you don't buy brand new cars. Brand new cars are silly. It's, uh, they take such a hit when you buy them anymore. You know, that's the oh, yeah. problem. And then you, you know, maybe one day they'll be worth more money. I don't know. It could be, could not be. Also in was a 69 Camaro Yenko tribute, hugger orange over black. Well done tribute. However, it's got a ZZ502 crate motor in it, so it's more than a tribute. Mm-hmm. It's more like a tribute and a resto mod <laughs> that looks like a Yanko, um, which is cool. Hey, listen, whatever trips your trigger, you know. Turbo Yanko, Yanko's still a name. Still a that name. Is Don Yanko, who had the Chevrolet dealership incredible. here in Pennsylvania, right? It never goes away. It never goes it's away. It's like Shelby. On, it's, yeah, it's, it on will, a smaller scale, but Yanko is, is recognized as the top performance dog. Pretty much anybody in the car business that you know of uh, will talk about Yanko and still remember it fondly 
from the days when they had the highest horsepower cars. And, uh, and, you know, they're, they're, they were known as the, they could get around the policy of General Motors saying, we're not going to sell you a Camaro with anything bigger than the 396 in it. And Yanko figured out a way to get them to let him put 427s in them. And so mm-hmm. they were the top dog of the drag strip. Obviously that's where it first started, but then, you know, and, and it evolved into the street and everything else. Um, and, you know, we were, I was at dinner last night with a bunch of car guys, which was a lot of fun, by the way. Nothing better than 10 or 12 guys sitting around a table in a a private room just talking. It's like Corky said, car people are the best. They're the best. And we had so much fun and we were talking and we were laughing and telling stories and, but you know, and invariably you, the Shelby came up. Of course, Yanko came up. We talked about Baldwin motion and mm-hmm. they did some Corvettes and Camaros back in the day as well too. So, uh, anyway, the Yanko clone that we got in here, the right color hugger orange. Uh, we got a 61 Corvette Roadster, ermine white and silver over red. Uh, it's a really pretty car. That's a great color combination. That's that white with a silver coat in the red interior. Remember the trivia contest we used to have ermine. What is an ermine? I don't know. Was one of the was one of the questions. Was it? Yeah, do you know what it is? It seems like so long ago. No, I don't. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you wanted me to remember. <laughs> yeah, I know what it is cuz I well, it's a nature thing, but it's a it's a type of weasel. <laughs> that lives in the uh, in the Arctic. You mean the car business has something that weasels are a part of? <laughs> I can't imagine that. <laughs> what are we going to name this Corvette? This white? Yeah, let's try Ermine. That sounds Ermine. like a great color. Obscure. Uh, it's got a three-speed manual, as we were just talking about. One of the first versions of a manual transmission. Mm-hmm. Uh, 283 numbers matching 234, 230 horse V8. Um, beautifully restored. All correct stuff. Correct uh, axle. Both tops. A lot of people don't know that the Corvettes back in the day came with a soft top and a hard top. And the hard tops usually got put in the, up in the attic and then they got forgotten about. And there's probably a gazillion houses with hard tops in their, <laughs> in their attic, uh, that will just be there forever, I guess. So, uh, also in 1936 Nash Lafayette business coupe, uh, burgundy black over black built by the six deuces speed shop, uh, 327 cubic inch V8. It's an all steel car, um, turbo hydromatic 350. Roomy interior. <laughs> yeah, know. it is. It's a wild car. It's, uh, yeah, it's crazy. I, you know, it, that's an oddball car that you wouldn't normally see street rider. Normally you see the, the 32 Fords or, mm-hmm. you know, the, the typical ones. And it's always interesting to see one that is a little outside the box or a lot outside the box, uh, like this Nash Lafayette business coupe. But I just love cool names like that. I think that's what <laughs> I gravitate when I pick these for my list, uh, that they have an interesting or extra long name. I think that, I think that is your criteria. I think it is. I have some criteria. <laughs> And that's what it is. So, uh, are we close to a break, Steve? Or no, we, we got another minute and a half. <laughs> we got a minute and a half. Yeah. My goodness, what am I going to do? I'm watching Adam peel around in the uh, parking lot in a red Corvette. So he, I hope he's got it sold and he's not just out. Well, there's another red Corvette. That, did I see that it, it, there might be a D? De- I don't know. I don't know. It could be. We don't Never mind. Know. Our buddy Harry Dinwiddie sent up his '73 Corvette from East Tennessee. Oh, yeah, is so it a race car? No, no, no. He he's he wouldn't sell those. He's gonna you have to pry him out of those when his, you know. Did the days the uh, Sixers are playing the Brooklyn uh, Nets, I guess, in the playoffs, and there's a Dinwiddie really on the not a relative. <laughs> On the other team. Is there a reason that you know he's not a re- <laughs> I'm not going to go I mean, there. I don't know. I just, I just hear that name every two seconds. I'm like, no, I wonder, yeah, yeah. Harry. And you never hear, and, and have you ever heard that name before? No, I, no. D- I didn't. I have not. And I, of course, I spelled it wrong. Harry's a great guy. I grew up in, he and I, my mom was in his mom's wedding, blah, 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 blah. So he's an old friend from East Tennessee. So he's got his Corvette up here and we're going to try to sell it for him. And Nice. 
It's got that racing heritage and the guy who raced at Talladega for like 12 laps and crashed out or whatever he did. I can't remember the whole story, but I'm sure he'll remind me after he listens to this and tells me thanks a lot for diminishing my <laughs> NASCAR uh, career. Anyway, when we return, we'll uh, talk more about uh, Mother Inane Automotive stuff. We'll see you in a minute. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio? Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast, uh, Amateur Hour. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, we've got it all figured out, right? It's all, it, we'll fix it in the mix, as so, they like to say. Sometimes S hits the fan. Yes, it does. And, you know, that's okay. If it was easy, you know, it, w- it wouldn't be so much fun. You know, it's, if, it, and if it was easy, everybody would be doing that's it. That's right. right? So we know it's hard, and it's hard for a reason, because to put out quality products like <laughs> we do is right. not an easy task. Right. So just remember that. Folks. We have the voice, we have the content, it's gotta, all the we, other aspects. We, we gotta figure out the rest of it. And the rest of it we're kinda of figuring it out as we go. So anyway. Um back talking about new inventory we got in. And I tell you I, I don't remember last week if I told you about my new toy. <sighs> <laughs> Wait a minute. The not, play, not the new new toy. No, the play seat, F1. Oh, yeah, we talked about yeah, it. Yeah, we did yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. that. It came yeah, in yeah. two big boxes. Yeah, two big did boxes. Did you put it together? Yeah, it's together. We're running it. We're racing. Oh, you're we're, racing? Race Monaco. Monaco is hard. Wait, do you go online with other people and play? No, we don't yourself? yet. By ourselves for now. And only five laps because you're literally worn out after five laps. Is that laps. right? Oh, yeah. It's like... You're pressing so hard on that accelerator and that, and you brake at the last minute, so you just got us. I mean, that brake pedal is just like it's you're got the feel me of you're a real. Worn out after yeah, five laps. Really? Yeah, I am tired. It's like my arms are tired, and, and it's my, not the shaking. You're not getting the vibration. From we the have that, but it, it's not what makes you tired. What makes you tired is that intense concentration. Yeah. But when you're hitting that pedal, you know, have you ever been on a U-Haul that had a limiter on it? It would only go like 62 miles an hour, and mm-hmm. the speed limit was 65. Real hard. And you find your yeah, your yeah. foot is just buried mm-hmm. into the, the gas pedal to extract every ounce of power out mm-hmm. of it. Um, that's what what it, this is like, except it's even, you know, you're doing 190 down the back straight. And you're shifting. Pedal. No, it's paddle shifting. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, and then the brake has the same feel as a brake pedal. Okay. So... If you wait to the last 100 feet to go from 190 
to 30, mm-hmm. uh, it requires some effort to break. And so you're literally stomping on that brake pedal. Wow. So, and you're sitting almost on the ground and your feet are level almost with your eyes. That's the way the Formula One guys sit. So <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. Man. Yeah. It's, and it's hard to get in and out of. <laughs> <laughs> on top of it all. Yeah. On top of it Does all. Does it have a cup holder? No, it doesn't have a cup oh, holder. Man. And you can't grab anything to lift yourself up. So you're lean back like this. Right. And your feet are up in the air. And now you got to sort of get your feet back and Push yourself up and nothing. If you grab onto the steering wheel, you'll tear it off the oh, mount. Oh, that's funny. That's and funny. So, Why don't you try to get out of the Z4? <laughs> yeah. You think yeah. that's fun? Well, and here's the thing, you know, then if we start doing real laps, but you know, some of the tracks are pretty easy. Like Australia is kind of easy and Canada is kind of easy. It's kind of wide open and bigger, but Monaco, you hit the wall like oh, really? 30 times a lap. I mean, to watch those guys at Monaco going around those mm-hmm. corners so close every, you know, it's amazing. And they do 60 or 70 laps and to not lose concentration uh, is amazing. I mean, I don't know how... And you see the guys who lose their concentration because they're the ones who hit the wall or hit something else or hit somebody else. So, but um, it really is—it's the concentration that is especially exhausting. It's well, I mean, that's that's the you know that's what. Listen, there's a lot of good golfers out there, mm-hmm. but if you've got the 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 tenacity to stick with it and and you know focus and focus and focus, then you can win. But it doesn't take much for you to get off your game a uh-huh, little bit. Right. And same with F1. I mean, the the it's micro you know inches. Uh, it's not right. feet or. Or, or hundreds of feet or anything like I that. I was dodging 18 wheelers on the way out here. I mean, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I am exhausted. What were you in? What were you driving? I just have the Mini Cooper today. Oh, the Cooper. Yeah. The old, just the old, lowly old Mini Cooper, right? <laughs> I drove the, uh, the new beast down to Carlisle yesterday and, uh, all my buddies were were fawning all over it. Wait, which beast? That's the S sixty five. Oh, okay. Six hundred and twenty one horsepower, mm-hmm. seven hundred and thirty eight foot pounds of torque. The thing that's even more amazing than that, which is amazing, is the Burmester audio system, three D sound, mm-hmm. and now the new one has four D. So whatever that means. So wow. Uh, but it's really an amazing car. It really is fun to drive, but. It's not very practical. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those cars that, uh, it requires a little effort to drive and you, you have to really give it its due and you have to pay attention. I mean, we were talking about the videos that you see with guys going roundabout and sideways and 180s and, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't even look like they're going that fast. Right. You know, that can, I'm sure that can happen. And of course it does have traction control and anti-lock brakes and all that, but you can disable the traction control <laughs> if you want to do a smoky burnout. One button. And, yeah. If you want to do a smoky burnout in a, you know, an S65 Mercedes. Wow. So, but man, it is something else. And it is, I tell you what, it's surprising. You know, you, you think, when you want a particular car, uh, most oftentimes when you want the car, you've never driven one before. Mm-hmm. It's just one that's you've true. always wanted, it's like true. the Z8 BMW. Yeah. So that's one that is on my list. What if I get it and it drives like crap? Yeah, you know? exactly. There's one that uh, I was just showed a friend that just sh- sold on Bring a Trailer for two hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. in topaz blue, which is my. I know that's the best. You see color. that one? Yeah. And uh, it, it, yeah, what if it's crappy to drive? Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, I think we all have experienced that in certain instances on things that you think that you want something and then you get it and you really don't like it or you don't want <laughs> Ethan it. Ethan wants an XJS. I'm like, okay, yeah. but you better drive one first. Yeah. yeah. Well, not only you better drive one, but you better realize that they're expensive to maintain. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been through this many, many times about late model or older late model Jaguars and BMWs and Porsches and all that, that once they get up in the 60, 70, 80, 100,000 mm-hmm. mile range, then then there's some maintenance that has to be done and there's expenses that have to be uh, absorbed uh, when you own this thing and that's okay because listen you're buying it for pennies on the dollar right of what it sold for originally sure 
But make sure that you got a little extra in the kitty, in the bank, in the whatever, in your little pocket thing. You know? mm-hmm. Wherever little, you carry extra money. Those little rubber pocket things that you squeeze <laughs> yeah, and that the center thing that, that your little 70s. change in it. I don't even carry change. Do you carry change? No. Yeah. I, I usually dump it. Yeah. How long has it been since you've carried change in your I pocket? I actually have some. No. No, I don't, actually. I, can't, I like it. The, I hate I, getting change. The uh, Is it the BMW or the Lightning? Oh, the Lightning has a little, one of those little... Yeah, press, can, yeah. Put the change in there the for coin the toll. Thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I uh, I hate change, and I hate when something costs like I only have two dollars, and I don't want to put it on a credit card, and the item is a dollar nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got to get ninety one cents back. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like change. I, well, I now you have to round up your credit card too. Now they're like, do you want to give the charity? You want to give the extra sixty cents? I do that. Do you do that? If I know what the charity is. Well, yeah, I don't just if the charity is the the guy behind the counter there. No, of course I don't. Right. That, but if it's some, um, you know, something, they're pretty vague about it though, at the supermarket, so I'm not really sure. <laughs> so uh, we'll round up for charity. What's it go to? Well, it goes to the group, you know, the people that uh, need some help, and they're, uh, you know, probably going to have to, you know, what? It's like somebody told me that uh, and this may not be true, but that well, then don't say it. That, no, that the supermarkets make a donation each year anyway, and this is just reimburses their their sort of foundation or whatever. Who knows? But well, I, I'm uh, I'm a little skeptical. But if it's less than ten cents or something, I'll do it. Well, what a giver you are. <laughs> I give outside of the supermarket, okay? Okay, all right. I wasn't I'm like pri- Elvis. I do it, I do it anonymously. I do it privately. I just give you a Cadillac just for the heck of it, <laughs> right? right? Well, you know, don't listen. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, don't tell anybody that I bought you a Cadillac. And of course the car salesman couldn't wait to go tell all his buddies <laughs> that he sold a Cadillac to Elvis for somebody for that sure. may or may not have been his significant other or right. whatever it was. Hush money. Yeah, don't say another word. Uh, anyway, funny different times back then, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, Elvis bought a few Cadillacs, I believe. Yes, he did. That was his favorite car, right? Or, yep. But he also Cadillac. had some interesting other cars. He had a BMW 507. He, had, he did have a 507 in Germany. Yeah. Which, uh, he had a, Mez- a Messerschmitt. A Messerschmitt. Messerschmitt, which uh, the whereabouts are unknown. Right. A bunch of Lincolns. A, uh, the, that Mercedes 600 Yeah, Pullman. the Pullman, which are awesome. really cool. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, what else did he have? Oh, he had, uh, I'm sure he had some Excalibur Zimmer ish type. I don't know. Thing. He had Pantera. Oh, a, a he Stutz had Bearcat. Stutz, the Stutz Bearcat. Oh, the Stutz Blackhawk. Blackhawk, excuse yeah, me, yeah. not the Bearcat. Four Blackhawks, uh, including the, uh, and my Elvis friend can tell you the whole story, right. but, uh, you're doing a pretty good job, by the way. Well, he, he the, they, they had a prototype. Right. They shopped around, and Frank Sinatra said, "I want, I want that one." And when they showed it to Elvis, Elvis said, "No, I want that." One. <laughs> and anyway, long story short, is Elvis ended up with it. Really? And they sold a lot of, you know, Blackhawks as a result of Elvis uh, being an owner of one. But yeah, and maybe not, maybe not to Frank, but <laughs> right. to everybody. No, I think Frank probably had one too. They yeah, also yeah. had they, a lot of those guys had dual Gias too, the oh. Chrysler. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, Elvis had some cool cars and. That Elvis movie that was just recently out, I was, I, the pictures, the scenes I loved where it showed the front of his house with all the different mm-hmm. cars just stacked around there and different things. Yeah, they were loved. really uh, authentic about it. So. You know, but it was it was cheaper to be poor, to be rich back then too. You know, if you think about it, cheaper to be rich. Cheaper to be rich. Yeah, think about it. middle class people had it made back in the fifties mm. and the sixties and seventies. I mean, they, I don't say they had it made, but but life. You know, the husband was the only one who worked. The wife didn't work. They had two kids. They put them through college. They took two vacations a year. They retired at 65 and lived a comfortable life mm-hmm. the rest of their life. And that's hard to do these days. That's not 
right. the same world. And it's interesting because Cadillac and Lincoln were the top of the food chain right. back then, which is why Elvis kind of was attracted Always, to them because yeah. he grew up poor. Blah, blah, blah. But that was like the luxury car of luxury cars yeah. back then, and now it's, it's whatever it is. Well, I mean, I remember that you know if you had a cobalt boat back in the day, mm-hmm. it was the Cadillac of boats. They called it, you know. So <laughs> right, and even, of course, even that term, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or John Travolta in uh, Get Shorty, he had the Oldsmobile silhouette, was the Cadillac of minivans, right? <laughs> which you had, yeah, which I had, <laughs> and my kid, I got passed down to every kid. I think ended up having it. it had a blown head gasket that if you had to keep one foot on the brake and one foot on the gas, <laughs> and white smoke would be coming out of it. Sometimes it would die on the bridge, which is never a good place for a vehicle to die. And, uh, yeah, they hated that car. Carry antifreeze. At least yeah. it had room for bottles of antifreeze. Yeah, plenty of antifreeze bottles. And, uh, and then we passed on the 420 SEL Mercedes to them that didn't have a, want the right rear shock was rusted out. <laughs> <laughs> and to fix that was going to be like, uh, we'll put a new frame under the car. I'm like, uh, don't think so. Funny. Just drive it until it's undrivable. <laughs> so, which we did. Of course, Kathy was driving the new car all the time back then, mm-hmm. and I was getting all the hand-me-downs. So sure. She had a Dura- uh, Dodge Durango RT in red. Is that right? Yeah. That thing got about nine miles to the gallon. You, but can't, it was, you can't give them away right no. now. <laughs> and it was a beast, though. It yeah. was pretty fast. It was red. It was, it was 5.9 liter. Yeah, 5.9 three, at 360 cubic inch, yeah. And it was red with black interior, and she loved that car. And I didn't like it. It, it was a little darty for mm-hmm. me, the way it drove. It was a, the... Remember how the 70s Corvettes were real darty? Sure. You just barely touch the steering wheel mm-hmm. and you're going Jump. the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were like that, which is never comfortable to me. Some people like that. I don't like that. I never liked that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I tell you, uh, that Formula One game is darty. That's the new F1 Xbox game or whatever that we have now. So, And a 55-inch TV that's literally within like two feet of your head. You start getting this weird sensation after you've played that for a while, that game, that it's like your eyes start kind of playing tricks on you. It's really... Man, you are not a good salesman for this product because it sounds like an absolute nightmare. Not only... But not yet only I it, love it. <laughs> once you're sitting there, that's why they spend, people spend hours there because why get up? Why get up? It's because I can't get up. It's going to be hard to get up. And my so, eyes are going to be yeah. messed up. For the so I'm, I'm already messed up, so why don't I just stay for long? No, but I can't wait to play it when I get home. Right. So, I mean, there's that's something the, for that. It's catch. It's kind of like beer when you first drink it, you know. <laughs> you hated it, but you, you, by God, you learned to like it. Can't wait for your next one. <laughs> Can't wait for the next one. And you learned to like it if you had, you know, whatever. So mm-hmm. did I tell you about the uh, bring a trail, the no sale, the Cyclone 61,000, 3K original miles? No. No sale at 61,000. Is that right? On bring a trailer? GMC Cyclone in 1991, uh, which, you know, used to be 61 was the top of the food chain for the Cyclones, right? I mean, listen, a year ago, that would have been fine, but right. the prices have come down on them, and they're, they're starting to soften a little bit on them because people are realizing that they're special, but they're not that special. They're not sixty thousand dollars special. Well, and yeah. sellers are trying to get the most out of it. And uh, for now, because yeah. they know that maybe around the corner is not going to be as good, right? Right. So, hey, I get it. You know, it's, I mean, it's not saying it's it's on its way down. So, um, you know, it, it's. <laughs> This is such a funny hobby. You know, we, there's so many things that remind you about cars and, and the things that are fun about cars and what you love about the hobby. And, and I'll get into that after we, uh, return. You have a minute. Yeah. Cause we have a minute. No, I can't get all through this in a minute. Okay. I, then I've got under some kind of false pretense <laughs> pressure. Anyway, when we return, uh, we'll talk about some other things about cars. We'll see you in a minute. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.
That's www.americaswebradio.com. It's a museum, it's a showroom, it's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare custom and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast. I'm, you know, I'm running behind now. I was supposed to be at Carlisle. I could be missing an auction gem. Uh, really? It's too cheap. So anybody down I'll at Carlisle. blame the turnpike because <laughs> something happened on the turnpike. I, I didn't even get up close enough to see what happened on the turnpike. Really? I, I got off the turnpike before I got caught up in that uh, thing. But sometimes it's sometimes – whenever I'm in a rush to get somewhere. Of course. And getting off the turnpike, oh, that doesn't sound – you know, any other road you're on, there's an exit every mile. The turnpike is like 22 miles. If you get going the wrong way on the turnpike, you are so screwed. I'm fortunate <laughs> that I was before a major road that I could right. get off and take a detour. But we talked about this. In L.A., there was a stop every every yeah. block. There's a exit. Yeah, you get, get off. So, you know. Not here. Not here. Not, not in the <laughs> long and winding road. Okay. <laughs> okay. Vaguely recognized. Yeah. Well, you could recognize it if somebody who knew how to sing was singing it, right? So I was beginning to talk about uh, the. Uh, there was an article in Road and Tracks, the, the power of music and driving. Hmm. Do you have a favorite driving song? My uh, favorite driving band. Or song or band. Or? Uh, Van Halen. Any, Van Halen, Virtually yeah. anything from Van Halen. Yeah. Uh, Anything, really. Yeah. David Lee Roth or, or, or Sammy. Sammy Hager, huh? yeah. Yeah. Uh, mine is, uh, Joe Satriani, Surfing with the Alien. Okay. Um, it's an instrumental, but yep. it's really good. Yep. And it really, your right foot just gets deeper and deeper and deeper with that song. But that, Van Halen, just about any Van Halen. Van Halen is a great band to listen to on the lake. If you got a, bu- a ski boat and okay. you're out there hanging out and you got I, I don't. speakers blasting. <laughs> well, work with me. Close your eyes. Yeah, let me imagine a boat on a lake house. <laughs> down by the, in, down in, by in the a, river. In a van down by the river. <laughs> Chris Farley. God, yep. that was funny. That Great was, scene. That was so good. Um, but the power of music and driving is really amazing. You know, for a lot of years, my best music experience was always in a car because I had the best sound system in the car because it was cheaper to have a good car sound system than it was to have a good home sound system. Mm-hmm. And I had a pretty good home sound system. I had one back in the day. I had a Nakamichi cassette deck mm-hmm. and a Bang & Olufsen turntable and a uh, uh, some uh, Klipsch Heresy speakers and, you know, the whole check all the boxes sure. of the cool stuff. But but still, music and car really always kind of was the thing. As a matter of fact, I, I remember going on dates back in high school and I wasn't a very good date when we were in the car because I really wanted to just listen to the music and, and uh, <laughs> the girl was wanting to talk and, you know. Shh, I'm listening to the music. Silence. And it's like, well, this is our first date. So really, uh, you're not giving me a good vibe here. <laughs> And I'm saying, but we're listening to vibes and. So if the girl was into the music, that was like a winner. Know, That's a winner. But they were never into Rush. Oh. The really? girls never Is liked Rush. They, they sound so squeaky sounding. Oh. And of course all the guys were really into Rush. They want a journey probably. Yeah. And we were, the guys were into Rush because Rush was different and cool. 
And it was kind of our generation's yes and our generation's, you know, Rick Wakeman and, and those guys, who, by the way, was here. Was he? Did we talk about this no. last week? God, thank God. You know, we need to keep a chart of everything we've talked about. I do. I mean, I, when I edit, I write down every subject matter to see what might be interesting to the audience. <laughs> Rick Wakeman, I don't know where he where he, where he, where he, qualifies, where he qualifies where he into the category of, of people of interest, but no, he was here at Classic Automall. Hmm. Uh, and the reason we know that is because some guy signed in and we were looking at the sign in sheet and it was like Rick Wakeman or R. Wakeman at Wakeman Music. Huh. I mean, it was like, it was, it was him. Wow. He was here. And of course I was not informed of this and I was back in my cubby hole back there mm-hmm. with no windows, by the way. <laughs> if I can complain any more about that. <laughs> Uh, you're moving. You're moving, though, right? Well, we could be. We're looking about adding on to this room right. and, and moving up closer to the front because uh, it's a long walk back there, and my guys are getting old. <laughs> so they're getting really tired of walking all the way back to the office when, you know, if we had the office right here, then it wouldn't be such a walk. <laughs> so, uh, But anyway, power of music and driving has always been a big thing in, in, in my life, and, and it was always important, and especially on a road trip. You know, I think about all, you know, a lot of people listen to books on tape back in the day, and a lot of people just, I don't know, listen to nothing, weirdos. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was our music Uh-oh. time. It was like our concert that we had. What, am I going to get letters? Well, I'm, I was going to say something that I think of some car guys might relate with. and that is Hear the I, engine? When I, yeah. When I took trips to from L.A. to Vegas constantly, because that's where my family lived, right. I, I, I radio off, engine sound. Right. The whole time. Just And I, you know, kind of way to monitor. Maybe I was, you know, being anal about it. But. Sure. Well, and here's the thing. If you're driving on the interstate or the turnpike and you're doing the same miles per hour, it does become a little dronish, right? I mean... The engine? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one thing when you're when you're going, but then there's... It the all depends, it all depends on the car, I guess. We were talking about at dinner last night also about flipping the air cleaner on a 455. My mother's Buick LeSabre, we flip over and then that was, right. that was the sound. That was the guys are like, man, that thing is a cool, what's, what's that thing got in it? Right, right. <laughs> it had a 455 in it, so it wasn't nothing. Nothing. You could get actually a LeSabre with a, um, stage one 455. Is that right? Yeah, which is odd. And my mother got the four door hardtop, so no center pillar. Those of you in our listening world who don't know what a hardtop versus a there can be a two-door sedan and a four-door sedan and the designation of sedan is is that there's a pillar between the front and the rear window a, f- a two-door hardtop has no pillar or a four-door hardtop mm-hmm. has no pillar between the front glass and the rear glass especially and, important for tri fives right yeah and and mm-hmm. also but but important in the fact that they were probably not easy to build properly they required uh, very narrow tolerances which <laughs> you know Chevrolet and General Motors and Chrysler and Ford probably weren't you know as known for back then so to have a car that didn't have that pillar that was like a, a cheater bar you know right, that the right. window could go into mm-hmm. now you got to put two windows together and somehow make it sealed which it really sort of was mm-hmm. uh but you know wasn't perfect wasn't hermetically sealed that's my big word for the day um uh, but it's the definition of, of that. So anyway, we digressed all the way from the power of music and driving from road and track to that. So, um, and we talked about earlier about moving some of these barn finds out. We're really trying to, to, to make some room here. We've, we've taken in so many cars lately and we're at, you know, like I said, 930 something cars and, and more coming 13 yesterday. I don't know how many have come in today. I keep seeing cars pulling in on trailers. Got two coming next week. You do. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good to see you're earning your key. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly but surely. It's not an easy process because, you know, you have to 
have to learn our system and figure it out and figure out a way to get cars here and get people to, uh, you know, mm-hmm. believe in you. True. Uh, because ultimately that's what people are doing. I mean, when, when any of my car specialists, I tell them, look, you know, it's great that we have this wonderful building and that's a huge sales tool, but they got to believe in what you're saying, that you're telling them that you, know, you think you can help them and also being honest with them. And it's hard to be honest with somebody who paid too much for a car. Mm-hmm. You know, if a guy went and paid 50 grand two weeks ago and the car's really only worth 35 grand, it's hard to be the grim reaper and say, yeah. hey, car's only worth 35. Look, we'll try it at 50. We don't think we're going to get there, but let's try it and see what happens. And uh, we can always go down in price, but you can very rarely go up with somebody. Right. And you can't say, uh, I'll sell you this car for 50 grand. Well, uh, but would you, would you take, would you pay 51? <laughs> Didn't you just offer it to me for 50? Well, that's what's great about the three month you know contract sure like at the end of that then you reevaluate and like you said what is it nine out of ten times it's a question of price that it if it hadn't sold hasn't sold right you got any hits on it at all unless it's something unusual like Mm -hmm. the franklin that we got in or the nash lafayette they met those sometimes take a little longer to find the right guy and that's just part of it and we can't predict that we can tell you what we think it'll be but the reality of it is is that the car that comes in next that I'm going to see that I think is going to sell in a day, it'll be here three months from now. Mm-hmm. And the car that comes in that I think is never going to sell, I'm getting a phone call before it's offloaded on the trailer that they've got an offer on it right. or that somebody's going to buy it. Right, which is why you can't really make any promises to consigners saying, yeah, oh, that's a great car. It'll, should, we, you know, we yeah. sold six of them and that'll sell in a day. It just not doesn't happen like that. It's all timing. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's the thing. And, and I think that, um, and, and people, I, I think, pretty much realize that. You know, we see people who mm-hmm. will consistently, uh, speak to us and call us and, and, and talk to us about pricing and, and where we think it is and if the market's going up or down or whatever. And sometimes the market is appreciating and sometimes it's de- depreciating. And we just don't always know that, uh, uh, where that'll be. And we try to keep our finger on the pulse, uh, a lot of our finger on the pulse is just the inventory that we've sold over mm-hmm. the past five years. It's a good barometer of what the market will or won't do. But sometimes there's the anomaly. I mean, a guy walks in here and sees a car and had no intention of buying a car or any particular car and just says, oh, my God, there's the car I've always wanted. And it could be the most obscure, oddball thing you've ever seen. And if he hadn't walked in here, he may have never seen it. That's true. He's not a guy who's searching for it online. Please don't get an Atlantis <laughs> Blue 79 Trans Am, at least for another year. With the uh, – what's that uh, camel interior that they I know. It's blue. Oh, blue interior. Yeah, yeah. You could get it with the camel, but the, yeah. the blue interior interior uh, uh blue on blue and solid hard top if i ever see one of those that i you know i'll tell you a good looking 79 trans am george steinbrenner had a anniversary trans am with the silver interior mm-hmm. but he painted the exterior uh, that dark neptune blue okay and with that silver interior yeah oh like, man like cowboys yeah that thing was a good looking car and that was george steinbrenner's car mm. that we had we owned it one oh time. did you yeah yeah, for a short period of time. It didn't last very long because uh, it was popular. So mm-hmm. so we were <laughs> we were talking to my buddy the other day from did you have reference points when you were taking road trips or drives or a particular drive that you did on a uh, often point there was always a reference point to know how much further you had to go. Yeah. Like Bar- Barstow was like halfway to Vegas. <laughs> right, right. Right. So you knew you got there is like all right on. Right. We had Osceola cheese. 
What? Osceola cheese. When we were driving from it on paper. Branson, Osceola, O-S-C-E-O-L-L-A. Okay. Osceola cheese shop. And it was between Branson and Kansas City. And we lived in Branson. And Kathy's parents, my wife, lived in Kansas City. And Osceola cheese was, where are you at? Well, we're five minutes from Osceola cheese. Or we just left Osceola cheese. Or we're 20 minutes past Osceola cheese. That was always our reference mm-hmm. point. Osceola cheese was a place you would stop. And they had lots of free, every kind of cheese you could imagine. And free samples. And it was not very good cheese. It was really not that good. <laughs> But the fact that they had the free samples right. and the sausage to stop. and the crackers and whatever, and it was just a different place to stop, but it was always a reference point. Unlike Texas, reference point when they're driving is, is how far is it from here to Dallas? So it's about a six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean that with the driver. I mean that with the passenger. Right, of course. Right. Yeah, of course. never the driver. Never, never. But, uh, you know, uh, how, many, how far is it from here to uh, Austin? Uh, it's uh, two cold ones, two tall boys. Unless you're George Strait. Unless <laughs> you're George Strait, right. But that was funny that, that you always had those reference points mm-hmm. when you went. We used to, uh, my dad used to take us up to Gatlinburg in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, which is a tourist area in East Tennessee. If you're not familiar, I grew up in Knoxville. And there was a uh, Honda uh, motorcycle dealership on Chapman Highway, the road we went up, and it was on the right-hand side, and it was about halfway from Knoxville to Gatlinburg. Maybe not quite halfway, Mm -hmm. but anyway. And there was an old abandoned hotel across the street, or motel. I better get this correct. (laughs) Hotel would have multiple stories. This is all one level where you drove right up to and just parked in front. So we get up to about halfway there, and Dad starts telling me the story about this hotel, this motel that got shot up, with this this bank robber was locked in there, and he was he was fighting with the police, and they, you know, can you see the bullet holes? And we'd be driving by, and huh. we're like, you know, I was like, well, I don't see the bullet holes, Dad. Where, you know, and this went on every time we drove by here, and he'd always make a big story about it. And one time something happened, and I happened to just look over to the right. And there was the Honda motorcycle dealership because every time we drove up there, dad would say, somehow we keep missing that Honda place. And I know you want to stop there, but uh, somehow we keep missing it. Oh. And the reason we were missing it is because dad was telling me that look the this, other way, look the other way, because that's where you're going to see the bullet holes in this motel. Uh-huh. And you got to say motel, like you're saying hotel, hotel. <laughs> like cold beer. And uh, anyway, so that was, thanks a lot, dad. I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> you know, I was just reading, um, a couple of weeks ago, I think, and I meant to talk about this. There's a new Ducati motorcycle, the new VR4. Do you pay attention to motorcycles at all? Absolutely not. <laughs> I knew you were going to say not that. a motorcycle guy. Appreciate them, don't follow them. Yeah, I, you know, I love, I love riding them uh, mm-hmm. in the parking lot. Yeah, that's all I've ever done with my Harley in uh, Morgantown. In Morgantown, in the parking lot. So that I think I put nine miles on it in right. here. So good thing I've Keep got it, it. You know, and flat spot on the tires. That's always good oh, on a motorcycle, right? right? But um, the new 2023 Ducati Pagnale, 240 horsepower. What? <laughs> in a, on a motorcycle. No, That's more than than mine and your Trans Am also, uh, almost combined, combined. From back in the day. Hard pass on that. Retail price, $44,995. What's in a name? Yeah, for a Ducati motorcycle. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a great motorcycle, right? It better be. And if you were, you know, if you're measuring distance, then it probably with 240 horsepower goes pretty fast. You wouldn't be talking about the Osceola cheese place <laughs> like we are. So Kathy's smiling. She's, she remembers the Osceola cheese place. We're already done. Pretty much. But I have so much more to talk about, I Steve. Know. Squeeze it in 30 seconds. You can do it. Uh, I can't. I can't do that. But I, at least I got a few things off my list that have been on the list. 
listens Good. for months. I have like 370 emails of interesting things to talk about on the radio show that I've found and stuff I found or mm-hmm. emailed myself. So I'm probably never going to get to all of it. We so. should just do you know cleanup shows every couple di- every couple weeks. All right, come in here on Friday afternoon and just, just shoot the do a couple stuff. All right, I like it. We can just shoot the bull and have all kinds of fun. And until then, uh, we'll see you next time, and uh, we'll catch you at the Classic Automall podcast. And don't forget to go to classicautomall.com and check out our website. See you next time. We appreciate you listening to our show, and don't forget to come visit us in person next time you're in southeastern Pennsylvania. Admission is free, and our hours are on our website, classicautomall.com. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. Classic Auto Mall podcast is produced by Car Smarts Media with music by the Pat Travers Band. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.